0: On slide 45 we have 10 bullet points that I'm going to read out for you word-for-word, even though I'm sure you can read, and I provided you a handout of all the 118 slides in the presentation. For your merriment I've also added a pointless emoji in a miserable attempt to liven up this most tedious of slides. Death by PowerPoint, nothing worse. Poor presentations have ruined many a training event and can suck the life out of the learning in a lesson.
1: Welcome to the latest Digital Ideas podcast, where we explore the possibilities and pitfalls of using technology for learning. I'm Lee, the Digital Content Design Developer for Colleguent, and I'm joined by Glyn Rogers, the Digital Teaching Lead here for the College. PowerPoint
0: sometimes gets a bad rap. In this episode, we reevaluate PowerPoint. Should it still be the go to tool for presentations? Has it moved on with new features and functions? We'll explore some recent developments that can take presentations to the next level. So come on then, Lee, get it off your chest. You must have some pet peeves with your expertise when it comes to presentations. What are your real traumas then?
1: Oh God, that that intro there brought back quite a lot of trauma, presentation trauma for me. (laughs) (laughs) Just off the top of my head, I've got like a bit of a list, a hall of shame for my instant turn offs when it comes to PowerPoint or presentations. All right. I'm just gonna let it. I'm just gonna let it out, Glenn. Okay.
0: <laughs> just get it out uh, there. Get it out there. Come on now. It'd be good therapy for you.
1: So, too much text is a starter. Like when you're squinting to read the text, you know that's a sign, isn't it? It's just you know, or, or the text is too small to read. Like they're too you know, functional things. It's
0: basically it's basically a word document on a slide. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> more and, and you know especially if the presenter like you say is then reading it out to you as well uh,
0: that wasn't that wasn't me that wasn't me at the, the oh it, it, it wasn't no was it <laughs> no, that was a real life recording <laughs> yeah and that small text right you need a pair of binoculars at the back to see it if you're in a hall or something isn't it yeah uh,
1: and yeah that brings me on to my next point like color choices lack of contrast so if that text is not on the right colour background, it's so hard to read. I, I, I That's just another real pet peeve of mine. And it can give um, you real
0: headaches as well, can't it? If there's a really sort of garish colour or, or the kind of colour that we can't really read that text very well. You, you know, I, I, I've got glasses now and uh, I squint when I see a slide in any event. But yeah, when the colour scheme isn't right, it can really hurt your eyes too, I think.
1: Yeah, and, and we know like, that dark backgrounds with white text... Is actually easier to read, so that's what often why you see PowerPoints with a dark background. That's that's much easier in terms of, I don't know, brain function. I don't know why, but um, uh, uh, I'm sure, right, okay. I'm sure there there are theories around this. But yeah, it's it's it is easier to read white text on a dark background cognitively.
0: It's all about um, that contrast, isn't it? In the between the text and the background, I guess, just to make it pop and stand out.
1: Yeah, and if you ever do like a test of like trying to read white on a dark, dark background, compared with white background with dark text. Compare both, and it is actually easier to, to read the the darker. It just sort of pops out at you. I think I've
0: got that later.
1: Um, another thing, this is my, me with my design hat on now, but right. just lack of consistency with col- design fonts and colours. Like, it's just, when when the design is all over the shop, like it just it, again, it it's sort of it's confusing when you're looking at it. So again, you're you're kind of distracted by the design when actually it should just be seamless. You shouldn't really be thinking about that part at all. You know, it should just be there, and you're just thinking about the learning.
0: So you mean like Times New Roman font on the first slide, <laughs> and then you've got Comic Sans on the next.
1: Oh, Comic don't, Sans, don't,
0: you love it. Come on,
1: don't, don't. No, we're not, we're not talking about that
0: let's not let's not talk about comic <laughs> sounds today
1: <laughs> it's the barcode
0: all right then come um, on then what else have you got let's let's see it let's get it all out there lee
1: just i think uh, so in general just a slide being too busy like too much visual clutter too much text throwing lots of images on there or whatever like yeah. i personally i think it's good practice to try and keep your slide to kind of one point that you're trying to share yeah another thing is um bad stock images that don't really add anything or like different styles of images on the same slide it's just it's just really busy it's just too busy and, and cluttered looking
0: no right, I'm st- starting to get a bit uncomfortable here because I got a feeling I've got a few of those on my slides <laughs> 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 I'm going to have to go back now before we present together next time and make sure <laughs> my slides are okay <laughs>
1: Oh, lastly, just call me a killjoy, but mm. just any attempt to try and make, like, the slide zany and fun <laughs> with, like, fonts and colours and crazy transitions, like, no. Like, just no. Like, just <laughs> any any attempt to kind of disguise a boring, boring subject matter with zaniness in terms of, like, you know, those slides that kind of, like, Whiz around, you know, like, oh, no, it's that's not going to work if you're trying not to disguise your, your content that way. It's just, so you don't no. like the one
0: that bounces in, the doing 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 Like,
1: <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: well, I, I have to say, I think, uh, you know, I've been, uh, I sort of started on the blackboard, right, as a teacher, we moved on to the overhead projector, then started using powerpoint and then started teaching the learners how to use powerpoint and i've seen some crackers from learners as well
1: oh, all
0: of you. the above you know <laughs> uh, oh my goodness and the bullet points there used to be an animation on powerpoint where the words would come in one letter at a time and it would make like a machine gun oh, noise as it came in yeah. oh and we I used to try to encourage the learners to present so you Can can you imagine when they used that animation? It would take about 20 minutes for each slide to a <laughs> transition.
1: That reminds me, Glyn, of that Jurassic Park quote from um, Jeff Goldblum.
0: I think that came out in 92, if I remember.
1: Well, it it says the scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. So, yeah, those PowerPoint creators were, like, so busy... <laughs> Doing those crazy transitions, like with things pinging around the screen. Yeah, They, they should have stopped to think, this, shouldn't they?
0: So, you're comparing a PowerPoint presentation to a velociraptor.
1: Well, I, I guess I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, I
0: agree with you. Everything you say, I hear, and I think you're completely valid in what you're talking about. But here's the thing, right? I don't think we should be blaming PowerPoint for those sins, right? I don't think they are PowerPoint's fault. I reckon, now, stay with me now, right? Uh, No,
1: I I was going to say, I'm, I'm not convinced at this point, but yeah, carry (laughs) on, carry on.
0: (laughs) Stay with me. For me, right, it's like blaming the car for some bad driving.
1: Okay, yeah. Let, let that sink that.
0: in for a minute. <laughs> but for me, right, I, I started teaching about ninety-six and I started on a blackboard and it's been a bit of a game changer, right? So you can imagine like writing on a blackboard, having to erase all the stuff I've done for a different lesson, but having to repeat that lesson on a Wednesday morning and a Thursday morning for different classes. Can you imagine how much workload that is, walking through it, and all the chalk on my uh, trousers and, <laughs> and backside. I had a terrible habit of wiping my hands, my chalk-written hands, on my backside. So <laughs> I, I had chalk hands on my backside. It looks like somebody's been there uh, <laughs> so me. I can been take that me.
1: point. Uh, that must be a huge time saver then, mustn't it? Just being able to prepare and have it on file so you can just pull it out whenever you you do that lesson.
0: Yeah, and I think PowerPoint came in sort of a few years into my teaching, really, and it became a real, really useful framework for me to frame my work. So I wouldn't just teach via PowerPoint, but I would use it as a nice aid to my sort of instructional phase, if you like, and, you know, you could put timers in it and all that kind of thing. And there was nothing else out there. It was the original. So great for that, great for sharing with my colleagues. So if somebody said, oh, sorry, Glenn, you've got somebody in your department now who's never taught geography before can you uh, you know can, can you help out i've got some resources that are ready for them as well so that's really useful
1: mm-hmm.
0: and later on then of course you were able to share the creation of resources in real time so it became really useful from a a, a sort of an instructional point of view but also for learners too who can collaborate on the resources so i think it's invo- evolved as well i think it began as this sort of quite intuitive tool in the first instance because it's like a blank canvas, but I think now the additions that Microsoft have put into it means that it's really quite an intuitive app for presenting that is really familiar and that almost everyone can use, I reckon. So the problem is that not everyone has taken the driving lessons to use PowerPoint effectively, right? Right. So there are some bad presentation practices out there. Now, don't get me wrong, there are different software presentation uh, apps out there that we can talk about a little bit later on that are really good as well. But I think to blame the original PowerPoint for this bad driving, if you like it, is a bit unfair. So there are different things that I think that we, as presenters, as as teachers, and as learners can uh, do that can improve the text. Uh, can improve the presentation so I you know as a designer I'd be really interested in your perspective on this
1: is that the case for the the defense mullard <laughs> <laughs> for, for powerpoint
0: um it is I suppose it is it is it's it's blaming it's, it's it's not blaming the tool it's kind of blaming the 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 poor application of the tool I reckon
1: I I, I can take that I think um I think the main consideration with, power, with with presentations or PowerPoints which underpin all of this is to really think about the delivery and how it will be used. Mm. Um, and this rule goes, to, to be honest, for whatever presentation tool you decide to use. Um, so if a teacher is presenting and, and talking while there's lots of text on a slide, then instantly that will be too much information for the learner to take in um so they'll try they'll be trying to listen to the tutor trying to read the st- slides at the same time and look at any images perhaps uh, on that slide and that outcome will be sort of this cognitive overload um and that's really not a very effective way of sharing information hold and on and now. I do hold
0: whoa hold now, right <laughs> Cognitive overload. Right. I, I feel like you've overloaded my cognitive, whatever that is. What, what do you mean by that, Lee?
1: It's just this idea that we know that learners or, or anyone looking at information can only really take on certain amounts of information at any one time. So if you're listening to someone talking about an idea, but you're also at the same time trying to read some text that they've put on the screen and maybe look at images, we know that's too much. They can't do that. And in, in, if anything, in that case, we're inhibiting learning. Whereas if if we were talking about an idea with maybe an image that explains or demonstrates that idea with some very, very slim amount of text on a slide that, that underpins what you're saying and not kind of um, competing with what you're saying – then that's that's going to strengthen that learning instead of competing and inhibiting that that process. So just be mindful of that because I don't know if you've ever done that when you're in an audience of a presentation, your tendency is to try and read, but you can't read and listen at the same time. So you you're trying to do two things which are just not possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really good to know, yeah.
1: And I think I think as a tutor or, or somebody who's who is sharing information I do think the natural tendency if you're standing in front of a room of people uh, is to want to put everything on the slide um, as a prompt you know it, it feels safer that way doesn't it and who wouldn't want to put it on the slide and like as a backup for yourself.
0: Oh definitely um, because sometimes I think the more nervous you get sometimes what you were going to say just slips out of your mind so it's it's useful to have it as a crutch but then you know, the, the danger of that becomes, uh, you know, that your presentation becomes a bit more boring, doesn't it? And we yeah. are it just reading things out, yeah.
1: And also trying, like, I think sometimes there's a tendency to try and do two for one. Like, mm-hmm. are you preparing this PowerPoint to be a resource outside of the class to read afterwards, in which case that's a different function? so it might be that you do a second version with text that you just share as a resource but that's not a presentation tool you know it's two different different um scenarios then that it's being used in um so presenting like too much detail on one slide like a script just is really not the best way of sharing information particularly for people new to the topic so you know if you're the subject expert um Really, you should just be using these slides as as a visual aid for sharing information. Um, We shouldn't be just dumping all the information on the slide for people to to process, because we just know um, that's not the best way of sharing information.
0: Right. So it's about thinking of the presentation uh, as that, as the kind of conveying the learning and to think about the additional resources that are there that will support that learning. I think that's a really good Absolutely. point, that it shouldn't all centre around the presentation. The presentation is about conveying the message uh, and consolidating that message, whereas these other resources are there for the reminders, to for the uh, other background information that will be needed by that learner to progress.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: that's really interesting. And it chimes with uh, this chap called Richard Mayer and his 12 Principles of Multimedia Learning. And these principles don't just apply to PowerPoint presentations, but for any type of multimedia learning. So if you're giving a learner work in a Canvas course, for example, um, they apply just as well. And the 12 of them, I'm not going to go through them right now one by one. It'll be a very long, um, long-winded long podcast. But they, they do exactly correspond with what you've been talking about. The first one, for example, is this idea of the coherence principle. And what he's saying there, and to quote him, is that humans learn best when extraneous, distracting material is not included. In other words, cut out the fluff and the nonsense and just keep the message as clear and crisp as possible. There's another one called the signalling principle, which basically means point them to exactly what you want them to pay attention to on that screen. Make it really obvious. So make sure you're highlighting the keywords in bold. But don't make everything bold, otherwise it's meaningless. And then there the third principle is the redundancy principle. And this is quite an interesting one. And this suggests that humans, that people learn best with a narration and graphics, but not narration, graphics, and text. So it's not that you put all three together, that you're just reading out as we've been talking about. That you're best to have a, a description of it narrated with the graphics on your slide. And that is more effective. So there are 12 of them in total. And what I think would be great, Lee, it would be for us to share um, these principles on the accompanying resource that comes with the podcast.
1: Yeah, sure. I'll add them to the show notes so anyone can have a look.
0: Great. So there we are. So my my defence of PowerPoint is mainly that it's not used effectively and that perhaps these multimedia principles aren't being applied when we're using them. That said, though, there are some great alternatives to PowerPoint out there that perhaps offer something that um, PowerPoint may not. So a few of them, I'm thinking immediately of Google Slides, which I, I used to think was a basically kind of a rip-off of PowerPoint, but there's some beautiful um, fonts and beautiful imagery and and presentation styles on Google Slides that I like, um, even though I do love uh, a touch of PowerPoint. Do you have any um, go-to presentation tools other than PowerPointly?
1: I've dabbled with Genially as a presentation tool, but my sort of go-to is um, Canva, And I've noticed recently, Canva have added some new functionality um, where you can appear in a video in the corner. Right. Okay. um, And what the the main thing, the main reason Canva is my go to is because they've got so many different templates to choose from. Yeah. And you know, we were talking about the reducing text on the slide. What I love is that each of those templates has text already on it, so it kind of does guide you towards replicating Mm -hmm. that and not putting too much on a slide so it just kind of nudges you in that in the right direction um Mm -hmm. so yeah and and what you can do is then hit record when you're ready um and it it, you you kind of appear in the corner talking through the presentation and then you have a recording of the presentation as well that you could obviously then share afterwards so that's a nifty way then of um maybe you could add that into your Canvas course as, as a resource where you're yeah. you're actually talking through that presentation.
0: Yeah, well you sold me on Canva, I have to say, mainly for producing beautiful imagery, because it the, those elements inside Canva are really nice, aren't they? And you add a presentation to that and I think it can can really pop as well if when you're presenting on Canva, if you press the C button, Lee,
1: mm-hmm. confetti
0: comes out of the presentation.
1: Whoa, I did oh, not yeah. know that. I'll well I've learned something good day. today
0: yeah and another little tip for you if you press the numbers, I think it's maybe one to nine across the top. a timer will automatically appear on the top right hand side of your Canva presentation.
1: Well, that is good to know because we've all been there where we know we've got a set amount of time yeah. to cover a topic or whatever, and then we we we're sort of clock watching so that's really useful as well yeah. great great and, and it. that's the thing with all of these tools like they're evolving all the time, so I know I've been sort of camp canva for a while but i dipped into powerpoint and i can see that a lot of the templates there now are a lot more sophisticated and um, clean looking than they used to be and more modern so definitely um, it's worth checking out alternatives because functionality is changing with these things all the time so um, and you know think about how you can enhance that experience for your learners you know and and share these tools with them so that they can then produce better presentations themselves
0: mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll come back there because I, i've just been looking at um you know my I, I sort of hero worship this chap called mike tholfson from powerpoint oh, yeah. who, who does these yeah. lovely little videos <laughs> he's worth subscribing to because you just get the updates from all of office 365 really and he, he explains them in a really succinct way but um yeah he's just introduced one one new video that powerpoint has got this insert yourself into a presentation, right? But you can insert yourself as um, an object in the form of a shape. So you could put yourself in there as a star and you could make it appear in just in one or two slides if you wanted to. So PowerPoint is so responsive now these days. They're kind of adapting and developing these things all the time. And um, you're talking of designer, you are right. There are far better templates for PowerPoint out there now that, that we can all choose from there's also this fantastic function in PowerPoint now called designer. In the background, they've got this artificial intelligence. And if you click on the designer button, it will give you a whole host of suggestions from professionally designed templates. And it will just rearrange your content for you and and hopefully give you a consistent looking presentation that looks the business as well. So uh, yeah, PowerPoint has got its, uh, its strengths there. And I think having competition like Canva means that it has to up its game as well. So I've got another one for you. um, And this is a blast from a couple of years ago now. It's Prezi. Do you remember using Prezi?
1: Oh, yes. I remember Prezi.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, it's still out there. And I used to like it because you could, as a geography teacher, right, you could zoom in and out. And I like that idea of scale. But what do you think I'm going to say was the big problem with Prezi?
1: Well, I know from talking to staff sometimes that it can make people feel quite seasick. <laughs> like it, there's almost too much of the zooming and the, you know, floating about and all of that, which is actually quite disorientating, I think sometimes for for users.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that might've been a problem, but I think it was, it was the business for a couple of years, wasn't it? Everyone thought it was going to be the breakthrough presentation tool. And I really enjoyed it, but um, I, I did present a few times and, um perhaps, again, perhaps it was bad driving on my point, driving the presentation. But, I, I you know, people were reaching for the um, seasickness tab by the end. Uh, but do you know what? If I'm truthful, I haven't gone back to Prezi for a little while. So I, I'm I, I'm going to revisit it to see what else is out there.
1: It's almost it, like we need to do a top trumps for these things, Glenn, to work out, like, because not everything, not every tool is smashing it on all fronts. So it'd be quite interesting, wouldn't it, to do like a score chart of each of these tools to work out the pros and cons, because there's no right or wrong with all this. It's just down to preference, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's like a, at around Christmas time, people have a, a kind of a knockout competition for the best um, quality street, don't they? Which is best, <laughs> and people vote for it. So perhaps we should have a kind of, call it Gwent, you know, vote off for which presentation software is the best.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. There we go. So
0: th- there are other ones out there as well, which I, uh, yeah, I've i dabbled with. So there's things like Powtoon, which you may have uh, had a play with, Lee.
1: Yeah, I haven't played so much with that. I do think sometimes these tools, I know a lot of them were paid for subscriptions, um, which is why some of them I might have discounted in the past. But actually, yeah. to be honest, like you say, some of these now probably do have free versions. So it, it might be worth revisiting some of these just to see what it, what the competition is and are they free or are there limitations? Because sometimes it's like you can create something but you can't share it and you sort of like, oh, <laughs> I put all that work in and I can't do anything with it.
0: Yeah. And I think that goes to another one of the advantages of PowerPoint is that, you know, you're familiar with it. It's it, it, We've got an Office 365 subscription at the college. It's there. It's online. You can, you know, present pretty quickly with it. You can even transfer word documents into a powerpoint presentation with it one click and it's also available offline if you want it to be so you can download it as well and, and you use the power of sort of a, a desktop version if you like to to really tune up your presentations as well so i think it's it's just there isn't it you know and it's it's handy and you don't have to log in you don't have to worry about the paid version and this that and the other
1: one thing to add with that is that you can also um, design a presentation in canva use the templates there and then export it as a powerpoint Ah, so that's one thing to have maybe have an experiment with because um you basically it's all within within your powerpoint office 365 package then where you're you're utilizing those designed templates
0: ah right so kind of best of both really
1: yeah yeah so yeah. I, I that's something I recommend for people, you know, if they if they're less confident with design, to use the canva templates and then just export it as a PowerPoint and it, it goes into your Office three six five then.
0: Well let's go back to this idea of bad driving if you don't mind. <laughs> because I I think it's really important for for us as educators, as lecturers if you like, to, to address it. Uh, as in, <laughs> to make sure that we're we're presenting effectively, we're modelling good practice, uh, but also to I think it's really quite important to kind of explicitly teach these skills to learners. Um, although I'm a teacher of geography, um, you know there will uh, there are opportunities for me to be able to deliver this uh, sort of of teaching to learners, and it would be really useful to them in all sorts of different contexts. So that's something I'm I'm keen on, and obviously some uh le- lectures some lessons some courses involve presenting as part of the assessment so helping the learners develop these skills i think is is one of you know should be really a, a key part of what we do in terms of the helping a learners uh, the learners develop their digital competence but one thing i would say about powerpoint is they are very much alive to this idea of bad driving and even within powerpoint it's a bit like the software that tells you if you're going to veer off the road. PowerPoint now has, um, in the live version, got this thing called PowerPoint Coach, right? And what it does is, if you go to slideshow and then rehearse with Coach, it will give you live tips on presenting better. So, if like got a PowerPoint
1: your... Big Brother. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it uses artificial intelligence, right? So it's kind of, if you've got your camera on, it'll say, oh, you're a bit close to the camera there, or you're a bit too far away. And if you're using lots of ums and ahs, um, 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 it'll say, mm, you could do a cutting those out. If you're just reading from the slide, it'll pick that up as well. So it's, really clever intuitive way that a learner can you imagine a learner's got a bit nervous before an assessment Mm. where they've got to present to the rest of the class and they want to rehearse and they don't know if they're doing a good job or not well this powerpoint coach could really help them develop their presenting skills and at the end once you've clicked finish you'll even get a little report that tells you your positives how well you've done and where you can improve as well so even PowerPoint is trying to improve your driving as well. What do you think about that?
1: I love it and i I love this idea that um building up a learner's powerPoint or presentation skills in general it's future proofing them isn't it for the for the employment market so these are these are all transferable, softer digital skills that they can they can use in the future because these tools are going to evolve over time aren't they but I think instilling this principle of you know good communication good design um you know presenting ideas clearly are all things that 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 can be transferred transferred into the workplace
0: well thanks Lee for sharing your frustrations with presentations did you find that useful
1: I feel like I've been through a therapy session Glenn. thanks for letting me get that out of my system
0: (laughs) I should pay by the hour shouldn't I and thank you for letting me put the case for powerpoint and not to shoot the messenger but to make sure that we all improve uh, our presentation skills our, our skill of using these fantastic presentation tools to improve the learning experience for the learner but also to teach learners how to present more effectively themselves as well
1: absolutely it's it's all about how we use these tools it's not the tools fault is it in itself
0: Yes, there we go. So that's the case for the defense for PowerPoint and and presentation tools in general. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of the Digital Ideas Podcast. We'll have a troll.